Hello and welcome to Already Saturday. Welcome to Already Saturday. It's already Saturday. So welcome to it, I suppose. I'm Phoebe. I'm Nathan. We're journalists, we're your hosts, and yeah. we're from Sydney. We're locked down. We are from the greater Sydney. Yeah. And can we leave? No, we can't. No, we can't. Do we have to wear masks outside? Only if we're from certain LGAs. Is that smart? I don't no. know. Who knows? Gold standard medical advice well, says only some people have to wear masks outside. So Yeah, it's funny how the health advice shifts based on, you know, what's going on, doesn't it? I think we should all have to wear masks outside. I just think that's that's why people are confused and angry. <laughs> Yeah, there's been a lot of confusion and anger, and we'll add to it with this episode of Already Saturday. Why does the health advice have to be deployed at certain suburbs? Don't you think Sydney is already tribal enough? Yeah. Why does it have to happen at 11 o'clock as well in the day? 11.59. 11 at all, the press conferences. Yeah, the press conferences. It's like people know, they know the case numbers at 8pm the night before. And for some reason they just hold it for... 15 hours. I think that they like to direct the public's attention and be able to capture the public's attention and I understand that that is an important way to deliver important messages. To play devil's advocate I think that there is some truth to the idea that the premiers love being able to just have a lot of attention on them even if they're under a lot of pressure I think they also do love being able to have millions and millions of people watch their press conferences yeah even if they are sparring with journalists i'm sure in their mind they're like i'm right about everything and these journalists look foolish and and even so like it has worked for them all the premiers seem to be very much in control of the states and it does seem like queensland operates differently to melbourne to sydney wa yeah like they all operate differently and it's because of the premiers of the states and the polls do and it does yeah, yeah and it does kind of seem like I know one good thing to come out of this is that Scott Morrison has become largely irrelevant. He's like a talking point and he comes up and makes these announcements that the states have already kind of sorted. Isn't it funny that Scott Morrison pointed that exact point out during the bushfire crisis when he said, I, when he made his I don't hold a hose comment, yeah. he said, I don't have any jurisdiction over what the states do to battle their bushfires it's it is up to the states it's a state issue and everybody just went that's not good enough how dare you make that comment but when we were in another the next crisis to come along it's and the states actually took real control it is completely true yeah (laughs) he's done himself out of a job he's made himself redundant (laughs) the point of this podcast is that we would never talk about politics and we've yeah we've, we've really done ourselves in yeah okay <laughs> lockdown really derails well, your hard not to con- because self-control well everything on the news as well and i was saying this the other day like one of the underrated problems with the pandemic like there's plenty of problems obviously but one is that you hear about it all day every day you can't even turn on the news to kind of go okay let's see what's happening elsewhere because mm. nothing's happening elsewhere mm. it's all pandemic all the time yeah and it's very it's a very stressful environment and that is why you do lose all that self-control like it's so hard to eat well it's so hard to not drink excess <laughs> excessively yeah exactly. it's so hard to like well 
we'll get into this maybe, but we're just watching so much reality TV. Yeah, let's it's... get into that now. We're, we're getting a bit too political. So let's talk about Beauty and the Geek, a tale as old as time. <laughs> okay, one show that we are just loving far too much is Beauty and the Geek. Actually, I have some friends who are working on Beauty and the Geek, or some old colleagues working on Beauty and the Geek, and I keep seeing them in little shots and going like oh crowd shots where they're meant to be just someone who's come along to to an exercise like a, class or yeah. they're at um comic con i go oh, oh oh that's actually the boom mic guy oh, filling seats i remember working with you you're very nice there's a bit of insider baseball for you the people <laughs> the innocent bystanders on the video geek aren't so innocent they've been on set for the last eight hours i think most of the people are actual just members of the public but there's a few crew members a few seat fillers in there. yeah <laughs> um it's it's a very feel-good show though isn't it it's exactly what we needed mm. during the pandemic mm. that's that yeah that's the the tone of the show as well as you know they're there to make the couples are there to make each other better people which is i suppose a lot of reality shows start like that that's even how maths sort of started is you know these it's an experiment where people are supposed to be perfectly matched right but maths yeah. is completely like abandoned all pretense of actually wanting to scientifically match couples who are meant to be together they don't give yeah fuck about that anymore. they like, they refer to it as like a it's a social experiment the world's first social experiment of this magnitude that was the kind of pre-promotion for maths yeah but maths in its like in its original incarnation they had like a you know they they had like a quasi-scientific like it was farcical obviously but they had a quasi-scientific idea that like oh these people we have like put some science behind run the numbers through the computer yeah and we believe that they are perfectly matched so let's see if the science does bear out yeah, and well, well, they had that perfect match game show in the 80s mm. and they actually had a little robot there that would tell you, like, <laughs> it's an 86% love connection. <laughs> and it was just pulling numbers out of the hat. And I imagine they got that same robot back for maths, mm. which is married at first sight for those people who don't use acronyms for reality <laughs> TV shows like us. It's clear that maths now, I would assume the casting process is about conflict. Yeah, totally. It's like Bachelor, which is we're also watching at the moment, which is great. It's basically love is the last thing on anyone's mind when they're casting that. They're going, ooh, these women seem fiery, or these women won't get along, or these guys will hate this guy. But Beauty and the Geek, there's kind of zero conflict, isn't there? It's, it's there's no conflict. It's surprising it's also for like a reality show. To no have zero drink. conflict. Yeah, and not very much drinking. No, which, not really. Yeah, which is odd for like an Aussie show, but, but it's sort they're of geeks. They're drinking like dynamite strawberry milk. Yeah, they're often drinking like those Bundaberg soft drinks, and <laughs> yeah, then yeah. or they have like Gatorade, and they go on like they do like really PG activities, like they play Connect Four, or they'll play like Giant Connect Four, or they play chess or like Giant Chess. They'll yeah. go and then they'll do those like activities, like they'll go to axe throwing in Petersham or um, they'll go to like a cooking class together. So it's like dating for when you're like, oh, this is the first time I've been on a date. What are you gonna do? And if you wanna know where they're shooting it, as we discovered, just have to go to Sydney Park, stand on the high <laughs> hill, and then look slightly towards Centrepoint Tower. But um, one of the geeks 
is allegedly an actor. Ooh, well, I don't think scandal. allegedly. He's, he is truly an actor. That's his job. I yeah. Think. Well, before we get to that scandal, let's go to another scandal that we blew open on the first episode when they went to the Barcade 1989 on King Street in Newtown. There is a copy of Connect Four there that we played a few months ago at someone's birthday. The leg was broken off. <laughs> we looked there. The leg had been broken off. So that's a month-old problem that they've had there. And I want to say that they broke that during the filming of it. Yeah. And then hid it back in their box. Although, when we went to 1989, there were a lot of boisterous, drunk nerds. So. I think that was actually an open casting call for Beauty and the Geek. <laughs> When we went there, we thought we were going for a birthday party. I think but... it was just like life imitating art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This... Well, this is, I suppose this is a thing about Beauty and the Geek. Like, are they real geeks? And what is the, uh, you can get really existential with this. Like, what is the concept of a geek really? Because a lot of the guys are, they're just guys who've grown their hair for like six months and they've grown beards and then they whack them in some wacky clothing and what is really geek because one of the guys george is an actor clearly he has an imdb and he's appeared in a couple of movies and, and he, he went to an acting went college to Wapper, yeah. yeah so the western australian performing arts academy of performing arts i assume he had a girlfriend reportedly this is according to yahoo lifestyle called Chanel Rodway and when you see a photo of George and his ex-girlfriend Chanel they like they look like a really cute couple and he does not look like a geek he just looks like a hot guy with a hot girlfriend yeah not that geeks can't be hot I don't know it seems it's just obviously very backwards language I suppose well you think of Revenge of the Nerds like you think of a geek with the taped up glasses and it's basically I think of when Bart Simpson had to have the brill cream in his hair and the big shoes and the glasses and he turned into a geek overnight that's Mm. kind of the stereotypical geek and these are just people who like video games and I mean, Dungeons don't get me wrong. And dragons. And There's a lot of, of geeky But one of them likes AFL. Like, that's his geeky. Is that geeky to like AFL? No, and one of them is like into motorsports. I'm like not hating it? on the show. I'm just... No, I, the show's great. I love great. the show. I, I like it. I like the expansion of the concept of what is a geek. And then in the show, they're saying like, a geek is just someone who's passionate about something. So can you be like a F45 geek? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I reckon you can be. Well, you can be obsessive about everything. Like, there are like music geeks, yeah, and like a music cat, is also like the coolest like thing. Yeah. Anyway, I think this conversation has become boring. Yeah, we're Let's just talking on. about what a geek is. <laughs> what did you think of the Kanye album? Yeah, I thought it was good. It did sound unfinished, and it seems like it is unfinished. Mm-hmm. I think the first four or five songs didn't have any beats in them. It's like we were just waiting for the beat to drop. Yeah, it was a real slow burner, wasn't it? Yeah. It was bo- it was boring. Like, the first half of it was boring. Yeah. And then it became really exciting. But I was, like, lolling my head around for the first... The last, yeah, the last half of the al- album is definitely the strongest. Yeah, it gets amazing. But I feel like this is my theory, okay? I think that he crowd tests. You know how he has these big launches where mm. he plays the new album in front of people... And then it's meant to come out, and then it doesn't come out, which he did with the um, Pablo album. Mm-hmm. He did it, I think he did it with EA. He presents it, says it's coming out, 
the deadline goes, it's not there. I think he does it the same way that people, you know how they screen test films in front of an audience and then if the audience just didn't react to parts, they go, oh, Jesus, we need to fix, like, third quarter or we need to Mm. have some other conflict come in. I think that's what he does. I Mm. think he just watches and then I think when we get the new record, when it's actually released, I think he'll have a lot more kind of rhythmic bits, like the beats will come in more. It did seem a bit like he hadn't put any beats on it yet. That's that's an interesting thought about his process. But you told me that, I feel like I'm spoiling it, but it's I'm not spoiling it. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. The album has the last song. It has a Jay Z verse, which is like insane. It's so good. Yeah, and the last the, song's the best song. Right? Yeah, the last song is just wild. There's a there's actually a lot of really good songs. I mean, I don't know if it's the best song, but it is like a firecracker of a song, and it's it'll blow your socks off. And it's also just amazing that they've performed together again after like years of feuding and reportedly hating each other. Yeah, but the minute he got his divorce, suddenly they're friends again. Yeah, but you told me that he that Jay Z put that track down like the the Thursday, and then the Alp, and then you know he put it down Kanye, that afternoon yeah, before Ka- they performed it that night. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, what you say about you think Kanye like crowd tests everything, goes through this long lengthy process of making sure everything's perfect and it you know i just think you're retro engineering (laughs) and you're retro engineering like an idea that he is like meticulous into what is actually just a really chaotic unprepared to me the song sounded really unprepared they sounded thrown together at the last minute i think there's like definitely evidence that at least one of those songs was literally put down that afternoon a lot of them sounded like unmixed unmastered and i actually think that Everything that, like, Kanye fans have thought for years is true. Like, I think that he is co- probably consistently working, but he's also, like, tortured by his own insecurity and his own, like, grandiosity and nothing ever lives up to his, you know, yeah. what, what he wants it to be. And so a lot of things get thrown out or they never get completed. And, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's this long process where he's playing, you know chess what's it called chess four-dimensional chess or whatever 3d chess yeah Yeah, i just think that it's chaotic and it's just not coming together because he's yeah well that might be true taking his bipolar medication and he's living in now he's living in like what looks like a locker room oh yeah in that actual stadium that he had the thing he just stayed there he's posted a photo of where he's staying he's like bunkered down and it looks like a first year dorm room he's staying it's a change he's staying in that in the in Atlanta's Atlanta's Mercedes Benz Stadium, yeah, where, where he, he did performed that, and he's gonna stay there until he releases the album. Apparently, I mean, and we'll put a photo of this on the on the Instagram. But it's like he's staying in a locker room. It's not somewhere anyone would want to stay. It looks like a little prison cell, and it has no window. It yeah. has no. It has no. I cannot stress how much how how grim it is. It's yeah. like breeze blocks a TV on the roof, a single bed. Yeah, it's got like a, it's so a weird skylight thing. Yeah, it's like the worst <laughs> uni dorm room. And a fluorescent light. Yeah, it's a, it's a jail light. It looks light. like a cell. Yeah, it a is. Padded, it's not padded, but breeze blocks. Well, good on him. It's got to be a great album now if he's bunkering <sighs> he down. He just really makes everything so hard for himself, doesn't he? He's yeah. like 
Well, I just think he's very. I think it is part of his process. I think he just asks. He want. He values other people's opinions, which you'd think he'd be the opposite. You think he'd be so strong-minded, but he's a good collaborator. He's like historically, he's collaborated with lots of people well, and well, the album is full of those coll- those amazing collaborations. Yeah. And, and he he's definitely like, moved the sound in a different direction. Yeah. It's, I agree. Yeah, he sounds more like the contemporary rappers now. He's like. Xanaxy and yeah. a bit drony and that's what I mean about not having beats it kind of seems like it was by design but you're just waiting for something to hit do you want to move on? yeah sure alright let's do some Olympics yeah Olympics stuff. so it's still going on which is surprising isn't it? <laughs> there was a typhoon though I think it kind of <laughs> whirled itself out it at sea it looks hot though doesn't it it looks really hot yeah when we're, all the events what were we watching sweating. the other night where they're all sweating that we watched australia oh, versus yeah. in egypt in the soccer yeah. australia got whacked yeah australia's out now Two nil. yeah we're out knocked down in the first round but just they like did deserve Australian to lose soccer players do. yeah um we won't go on and let's not do soccer. a soccer match recap no holds it holds it <laughs> Every yeah. sport I watch, I just think of various Simpsons jokes about the sport. Uh, but I always think of that one where they're, it's some basketball thing. And, <laughs> and the commentator's yelling, he's spitting the ball on his finger. Uh, yeah, Krusty's <laughs> yelling at the TV. That's when he's, it's a Globetrotters, when he bet, he bet for the Washington Generals to win against the Globetrotters. Yeah, I think of when Krusty had the... Like, I think it was the 84 Olympics or something where America just won all the medals and he was going to give away a free burger every time they win a medal and it sent him broke. <laughs> and then he goes on TV and goes, I'm going to personally spit in every 10th burger. <laughs> and Homer says, I like the odds. But anyway, that's our Olympic wrap for the week. Simone Biles, um, champion gymnast. Simone, is it? Simone Biles. Well, she was expected to win six gold medals but she pulled out, so she mistimed a vault, and she was supposed to do a, a 2.5. Yeah, 2.5, and she did a 1.5. 1. 1.5. 1. 5. Yeah. Um, and so she got a very low score of 13.766. And she... Shameful. <laughs> Some people are calling her shameful for pulling out. Yeah, well, did you hear how... Is that what you're about to say, the thing that she said she's got the twisties? Yeah. I was about to say how she got the twisties. I yeah. had never heard of the twisties, obviously. I don't know delicious. about... Yeah. Most people get the cheese ones, but you actually get the chicken. They're the best ones to Let's get. not make fun of this. Yeah. Well, the twisty seems like it's just a thing that happens where you get out of your... Like, you're in mid-air and you suddenly concentrate and you go, shit, I don't know whereabouts in the routine I am because you just spit in, flipping, spit. Like, it's... I it's... think everybody could understand, like, the phenomenon of getting the twisties I think twisties is like a gymnastics term but everyone can understand this phenomenon where you've got like the kinetic ability to do something that you've like learned by rote yeah and then you get in your head and you get in your head and you get stressed and you're like I've just completely forgotten how to do this thing that I I know by rote how to do and now I just can't do it yeah well they say it happens mid-air you're literally mid-air and you go like I don't know where I'm up to and then that throws your confidence for the rest of them. Yeah. Like and so you just go, shit. And then that's why she did the 1.2 instead of 
I mean, sorry, the 1.5 instead of the 2.5 2. because you just kind of lost count. I suppose it would be like, you know, if you're a drummer and you're just drumming, then you suddenly realise you don't know whereabouts in the song you're up to because you've just been doing it and not paying attention. Mm. Only you're not going to land on your spinal cord if you are a drummer. Mm. So, yeah, this gymnast explained explained it all that it's like a, a, a muscle memory I've heard tennis players talk about this as well, that like you go into that flow state, but obviously like if something triggers you, then you, you know, you can just sort of lose it. I've, I've definitely heard athletes talk about it before, but yeah, well, I've heard the way, um, I can't apparently it happens it. to gymnasts as well all the time, but it's just happened to happen to her yeah. at the Olympics. Like it's not actually that uncommon. No, yeah, it's just a thing that happens all the time. Yeah. I suppose if you're on the centre stage, there's a bit more urgency to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think... Poor Simone. She was tipped to win six golds. And now, has she pulled down to the entire Olympics now? Or was it just that event? Um, Which they won silver in, I I think. I think think her initial statement was, I'm just going to, like, see how I go. And now I think she's pulled out of all the events and also you know the pile on if she's under like if she's under mental stress i don't think the pile on would have helped no her. it's like that tennis player who said she didn't want to do press conferences straight after the matches anymore and they're all like acting as if she'd breached some massive contract between her and the audience mm. it's like no one has no one should have to do anything they don't want to do in sport like it's a sport Mm. let's not pretend this is anything important Novak Djokovic yeah speaking of he criticised her he said it's a privilege to be under pressure that's ridiculous yeah it is Um, that's that's what a robot says yeah he's a bit like a robot he's very much like a robot Simone Biles has tweeted a lot of stuff about what she's going through as well and retweeted um, quite a lot of personal stuff about why she's under so much stress and what the causes are of her stress so you can look at that if you want to i might not go into it because it's a bit intense it's pretty dark as well yeah it's interesting the way people talk about athletes and i guess just their misunderstanding of the role athletes play and how they should just you know they should just push through and how they should just be they treat them like the they're I- public servants yeah and the idea of like heroicism is to just suffer and injure yourself and um yeah i don't think you need to injure yourself to be a good athlete <laughs> like, well they all talk about like all the heroic stories are like remember that game and he he broke his ribs and he kept playing and he won and like it's always like fighting through these injuries to win like it's a big kind of part of the mm. thing but yeah people act as if they're like elected public officials or something it's like we chose you to represent our country and An now you're doing public this public official would never put themselves in harm's way i mean come no. on no not for us yeah exactly but <laughs> like it's like these people owe them you see it all the time when sports people change teams like when they move cities and the city feels betrayed it's like lebron let down cleveland because he wanted to leave it's like these people are professional like imagine if you felt that way about like a lawyer I can't believe you're leaving Sydney to move to Brisbane to set up your practice there. Like, we in Sydney, we gave you all your business. We, we're the reason you are where you are. Like they have such an ownership over these sports people who are just playing a sport. Mm. It's quite insane. It, I suppose it's fandom, and I suppose it's 
why sport is so huge because people you saw it when Italy won that um, recent soccer tournament the mm. Euro tournament mm. in Ligon Street in Melbourne the Italian community just came out and they were so excited yeah that was beautiful there were people crying there were these old people saying they never thought they would see their team win they'd all stayed up in the night to watch it It, these are people halfway across the world who have no relationship to any of the players in the team yeah but that was very that those were very positive scenes yeah i agree but but i'm just saying it just shows a passion i suppose people just feel entitled to just talk about anything and not really understand it but yeah i don't really understand uh with this simone situation people are calling her narcissistic and just doesn't really seem that complicated to me like it just telling me that people are being fucking idiots on twitter (laughs) that doesn't sound right it just seems like a pretty straight up and down medical issue like a combination of it being a medical issue and also like a feature of the sport gymnasts have this issue that presents like catastrophic injury of the potential of catastrophic injury so i don't really understand yeah if a soccer player had a broken leg you wouldn't go but we need you out there like it's done and it's the same with her it's like if she psyched herself out to the point where she could injure herself yeah, then it's done her, she, she's no she longer useful yeah she could break her neck if she mistimes a flip yeah so the olympics eh? Yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> we might leave you alone now let's leave it there short and sweet thanks for listening to already saturday yeah, remember to follow us on instagram at already saturday yep give us a five star rating on your apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts subscribe to the show and tune in next week when it will be already saturday again bye